Welcome to Belonging Before Believing, the show where Nick does not think I know nothing about money. So you know everything? I'm Patrick Mathers, the big fat (laughs) know-it-all, pastor of Grace Baptist Church in Orville, California, and Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship in Chico, California. And I'm Nick Roberts, member of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship, and for my kids, an exciting ball pit alligator. That sounds remarkable. Yeah. We have this game called Alligator. Uh, in and, a ball pit? N- well, you can do it in a ball pit. We've done it once before in a ball pit. But uh-huh. I just cover myself in a blanket, and I run around, and they hit me with wands, and I'm an alligator. and They make a Dude, fort. And, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's, I love little kid games like that. It's so simple. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah. Un- however, uh, you know the show Bluey? Yeah. There are some games on there, uh-huh. and then my kids want love to play they love the games because it's so fun to watch them play the games yeah and then they want me to play the games with them and it's the dumbest games <laughs> they're so dumb there's a game called statues yeah and the game is you pretend to be a statue uh-huh. and then you move the statue and then the statue moves and then they're like hey what happened to my statue where'd it go and that that's the game yeah that's the i game. don't get it that's kids fair that's cute at least an alligator that you hit it's a monster you're trying to kill i guess that makes me a boy <laughs> them girls <laughs> it, it gives you something to Anyways. do yeah so our topic today ah i know i don't know you, you i don't know nothing about money I'll, 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 i'm so bad with money i will preempt all the questions we're gonna talk about money today we're gonna talk about money yeah i am uh i'm i'm terrible with money if, okay so um if i did not have andy I would probably be broke and sleeping in a leaking trailer in somebody's backyard. Oh. She is the um, money handler. I'm just like, wee! Whatever I think of, I do. I buy. (laughs) Whatever I think of, I do. It's not good. It's not good. I'm a dreamer. Okay. She's not. By a dreamer, um, you mean you dream of things and then go buy them? Or yes. you dream of things you want to buy and save and then go no, buy them? No, no, saving. no, never <laughs> save. Never save. <laughs> if I've got $5 in my pocket, I'm going to buy... You're soon going to have $5 gonna, worth of candy I'm in your gonna, pocket. No, tacos probably. Oh, tacos. Or, yeah, yeah. Five tacos in yeah. your pocket. Not candy. Yeah, that's years ago. No, but tacos. Tacos. Yeah, so um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm no good with money. Okay. It's it's good to have you um as the treasurer of sovereign and joy not you. because um yeah I would just blow all our money. Hmm. Um grace here it's good that there's a couple of guys who really look at the numbers cuz I, I I I'm joking a little bit I'm exaggerating a little bit I'm much better now than I used to be. Sure. Um but still I'm I'm not the best with money. I need people around me who can rein me in. And do it well, and so far that's kind of been the case. Okay, and I've, I've I think here I butted heads with people about money probably more than anything else. Okay, what are some of the controversial things about money here, that come I mean to your mind? Grace, because we're at Grace right now. Oh yeah, yeah, we're in the building of Grace. So people Baptist know Church. at the podcast. Well, when we say here, you know, yeah. we're at Grace. Yeah, yeah. So people here would be people at Grace. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and part of it is, is we've had to really cut the budget. Um, ever since I've got here, each year has been progressively cutting tens of thousands. I mean, I think uh, that's 
that's just the nature of everything right now. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. cutting their budget. Yeah. Yeah. And it, actually this year was the easiest year to do it. We kind of all came in with the same mentality, including me. Um, and we cut our budget. It only took about an hour and a half and we all came away actually happy hmm. with what we came up with. So, um, so I can do money. I just don't get it. Like there's a lot to it. There's a whole science of economics and money and when i hear smart guys on like tiktok or instagram explaining here's why these two companies who own everything blackwater and whatever the other one is blackrock see that that it's you know he's explaining how they own everything and all this and i'm just like um okay that's crazy i don't get it but okay yeah so what do you think illuminate this controversial things are about money controversial yeah like what's controversial about money? like when money comes to your mind as a christian mm-hmm. as a pastor as just mm-hmm. a as a a guy who with his kids out of the house you know your context of money what is money well the very first thing i think of yeah is that i don't like preaching about it and talking about it because so many pastors have abused it mm. and a lot of people the very first thing when they hear pastors oh he just wants your money right i've had people approach me with that when and usually it's joking it's usually lighthearted but there's still like a little thing behind it when i tell them i'm a pastor they're like oh i better watch my wallet you know and <laughs> i can't tell you how many times i've heard that joke it's probably um, frustrating. it it is but it's it it, it speaks to it's what pastors have done in abusing yeah. money but it also speaks to what the culture thinks about right pastors and money so that's where my mind goes right which is why i don't like talking about it that makes sense yeah that makes sense what are some of the things in the bible about money like what do we know in the bible about money well first off we know that the bible speaks more about money than it does about heaven and hell put together wow yeah that's a big deal jesus talked more about money and than either one of those topics as well Did, did he talk about more about money in terms of parables or just money directly like did he use parable the money in parables as an illustration yeah they're almost always illustrations um let's see the couple of times where money is directly uh, used is when he turns over the tables in the temple temple, and he says that my father's house should be a house of prayer but you've made it a den of thieves that they were um charging a inappropriate or faulty exchange rate they were money changers money changers they were making money merchandise off the people of god that speaks volumes to how the money works today yeah 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 and so jesus saw that he clearly understood the economics of the time and um you know throttled those who who were making he did it twice he did it once at the very beginning of his ministry and once at the very end of his ministry right before the crucifixion that would have been amazing Um, to see right and nobody stopped him (laughs) pulls out a whip and just dude it's like going in a bank with gun a flamethrower and pouring out all the money and lighting it on fire and just saying, no, we're not doing yeah. this anymore. And nobody stopped him. It's wild. And he kind of walks out like cracking his knuckles going, that's right. Yeah. You know? What a flex. I know, right. Right. The economics of the kingdom of God are not the economics of the kingdom of ancient Israel. Yeah. Or Rome or whatever it was. The other time I could think of where he's directly addressing the issue of money is when the Pharisees come to Peter and they say, hey, your master, why doesn't he pay the half a shekel tax to support the tabernacle, huh? And Peter's like, he totally does. And then Jesus pulls him aside and says, look, does the son pay tax to the king? 
when he lives in the palace? And Peter's like, no. He's like, right, I don't pay tax to the tabernacle because it's literally my father's house. Yeah. And he said, but just because you made that comment, go catch a fish, you'll have a shekel, pay for both of us. Hmm. So he graciously, he rebukes Peter, but then he also graciously pays Peter's tax as well, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Along with his own so that there is no accusation against him. But those are the only two times that immediately jumped to my mind okay. where he addresses money. There is a... There's this notion of what we think of as money today and what money used to be and kind of where money came, comes from, right? So like think back to uh, primitive man, like pre, uh, pre-Rome. Right. Right. Stone um, age, bronze yeah. age. What, what, yeah. what was, did they have money? Yeah. What was their money? Little gold coins or trinkets or a lot of trade trading like right I, barter. i'll give you uh two goats for that one ham yeah, sandwich. They would barter back and forth <laughs> so uh so then there's places in africa where they would use um uh beads, beads glass yeah, beads yeah. there's places in like the uh pacific islanders they do shells or whatever mm-hmm. right so it's just like a, a token yeah it doesn't really matter what it is but it's a token right it's a token that people have ascribed value to and why why do we ascribe value to tokens like why why did people in Africa decide that beads were a good money? And then why is it not a good money anymore? Well, because it's much, I, I'm assuming that it is much more efficient to give you eight beads than to bring a bull right. over to your house. Right. There, I'm assuming that's what it is. Yeah, and you can imagine if you're trying to trade a bull for a dozen eggs, you you can't just cut off the that's leg of the bull. That's right. right. Like it, yeah. yeah, so there's this... Uh, uh, a phrase called the coincidence of wants. I want something, you want something. Coincidentally, we want each other's things. Yeah. But uh, there's a lack of coincidence of wants in the world, right? Probably, yes. Like, w- none yes. of us want what the other person has at any right. given time. Right. So we need something to act as like a middleman. And that's what money does. Right. Money acts Yeah, if I, if I go into the, the taco joint, they, they don't want to hear a sermon. In no. exchange for tacos. <laughs> yeah, you have a big problem with the lack of coincidence of the wants. Yeah. Very few people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so then uh, another thing um, is why why did they pick seashells or beads or gold? I guess we could start with gold. Why did gold become money? Because it's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah. It's, it's a, precious. It's, it's malleable. It's a symbol of wealth. It's 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 something. Yeah, people have always desired. It. I mean, Genesis chapter one says there's gold in between the two rivers that right. run. I mean, it's and it's good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, and it, yeah. it calls out that it's good. Yeah. It's 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 crazy that even in the Bible, going back to the very beginning, it identifies the value of gold. Yeah. And and but what is it? God spe- has always intended it to be a symbol of deity and mm-hmm. His own royalty. Mm-hmm. And maybe the part of the image of God within us is there is a compulsion to acquire things that God sees as valuable for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so things that are beautiful that uh, capture our attention, we go, well, that would capture that God clearly made this beautiful. Mm-hmm. I want that for myself. Right. I'm, I'm I, just spitballing. Yeah, I have yeah. not thought this through yeah. before, but that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. So there's a, a couple concepts for why gold is such a good money. Mm-hmm. versus other things, other commodities, silver, beads, seashells, and whatnot. There's this actually this, uh, there's this really cool story in the Pacific Ocean 
there is this uh, island called Yap Island, and then there's another island short, a short ways away from it, uh, and they used these big giant limestones. It was a big circle, and then a big circle in the circle middle of it. Circle in the middle of it. Yeah, so it was like a big wash. Yeah. You're familiar with yeah, the limestones, right? Yeah, yeah, I've right? seen that. And that was their money. Yeah. And so they would go to this other island, mine the limestone, cut it to the shape, and then transport it on rafts over to the other island. And then these these rye stones were huge. Huge. And they had little tiny ones, but then they also had these huge ones. And what they would do is they'd drop the rye stone on the island, and someone would say, this is my rye stone. This is my stone. And everybody would be like, oh, okay, yeah, we all agree that's your stone. And then if you want to go to use that stone to buy a house, you go out into the marketplace, and you say, this rye stone now belongs to him, and he gave me that house. And everybody's like, okay. And that was it. But yeah. the rye stone didn't even move. Right. It was just a, a med- it was like a way to exchange goods, and everybody knew all about it, right? And agreed with it. And agreed That's with what it, it takes right? is everyone has to agree everyone with it. Everyone has to agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, trust is a big thing with money, right? right. Okay. So one of the, uh, another story is the uh, beads in Africa. Uh, beads are obviously no longer used as money in Africa. Uh, the reason why is kind of interesting. So Af- uh, indigenous Africans used beads to trade and barter back and forth. The Europeans came down and saw that they were trading back and forth using uh, glass beads. Well, the Europeans, they had developed the industrial, they had industrial revolution right. sort of they stuff, right? They could make beads. They can make beads left and right. Yeah. And what they ended up- So they up, glutted the, oh, they just, the market. They, yeah. They just uh, siphoned off all of the wealth of Africa. And so not all of Africa, but they mass produced these beads and came down to Africa and started selling the beads for goods pulling the goods out and then the people that were able to get the new beads they were immediately wealthy yeah because the europeans but that didn't like, last long yeah the europeans <laughs> like oh, i don't care how much beads it is i'll pay you double triple yeah, quadruple. Right. this is this is the pennies right so, and they're like Woo! and then they're like oh my gosh i'm so wealthy and so then they spend all those beads out into the into the economy in africa and, and now everybody's now there's just like this flood of beads yeah the beads aren't the worth anything and now yeah. the beads aren't worth anything yeah. and the entire social construct of society breaks down because now the money and this is kind of a, a good segment like money is a it's a communication like the way we use money communicates the value of what everything is in the world to everyone else right. so like i value um some collectible right that gets a dollar value because of my purchasing of it right so our money is almost like you can think of it as like a protocol where i have something and i can exchange it for something else that something else now has a value of this money we're kind of getting a little much into the weeds, but, um, no, that makes sense. Okay. And it's foundational, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you have rye stones, which are kind of a good example of, of money and it functioned well until rye stones were then flooded with the market because of mining technology increasing. Right. Glass beads the same way. There's a, there's a theme though. And the reason gold hasn't really been hit with this same theme, it's called the stock to flow ratio. Are you familiar with that term? No. So think of the stock, right? So if you if you have a warehouse and it's full of inventory, that's, oh, that's not the, like a stock of corn. not like a stock of corn, okay, like the stock of inventory, like yeah, the stock okay. of yes. of goods, right? Right, right? And then you have the flow of those goods. How much of it comes in to your inventory? Stock to flow ratio. So you can imagine if uh, flow is inward, not outward. Inward, too. Not it's outward, only inward. Yeah. Okay, you can't have an outward flow. Um, and I'll give an example of that. So thinking of gold, right? Uh, there's a certain amount of gold in the world. Now, we can think of gold as being finite. Right, there is an exact amount. There is an exact amount of yeah. gold in the world, right? Yeah. But in, our, in, in reality, we are never going to mine the whole earth, and so we're never going to actually find all the gold. Right. And so for our purposes, the good of gold is technically infinite, right? 
because we can't see that cap. We don't know what it is. We can't mine it, right? So there is a flow of gold coming into the economy. But imagine that there is a, a boat with a bunch of gold. There's a meteor. There's a <laughs> meteor. That meteor was, strikes the boat in the middle of the ocean. No, I mean, they're going to go mine the meteor, and there's oh, okay. 10 no, no, no. trillion pounds of gold out there or whatever. That, that could happen, too. Yeah, I know. Um, I saw so an article. Imagine. <laughs> yes. And I thought of you. Thank you. You're welcome. So imagine this ship is sailing across uh, from Europe to the Americas, Kay. and it sinks. It has... 500 tons of gold on it or yep. whatever yep, a ship that could hold. happens all that gold is now at the bottom of the atlantic ocean it is now exited so the flow is left right but when we think stock to flow we usually think of the flow inward so we have a specific stock of gold and then we have flow coming in if you have 100 tons of gold in circulation in the economy and you have 100 tons of gold coming in every single year into the economy what is that like everyone is um the value of the gold is not stable Right. It's kind of like the beads, right? right? right. All of a sudden, right. a bunch of beads came in. Well, now the value is unstable, right. Right? right? So the stock to flow for gold is really, really high. There's a lot of stock for how much flow is actually Very coming little in. coming in now. Very little coming yeah. in now. And at some point, I imagine there was probably a lot more gold coming in. Right. And it fluctuates a little bit. But the stock to flow ratio is high and it's constant. Got it. Right? Silver is very different. Silver has a very low stock to flow ratio and on, and it very wildly. Is that because it's more abundant? It's more abundant yeah. and it's easier to get. Okay. And, uh, um, when the price of silver goes up, people are like, Oh, I can get wealthy by mining silver. So then they go mine flow goes up, mm -hmm. price comes down, price comes down yeah. and then it becomes, so you kind of get that yeah. little cycle, right? Yeah. Um, that, that's one of the interesting things I see about money is the fact that it's, um, there are these characteristics about it that dictate what a good money is and what a bad money is. Right. Okay. It has a high stock to flow ratio. Okay. It's stable in its um, issuance. Right. It becoming coming into existence, uh, and its method as a communication tool, where we're communicating the value of the world around us using gold, and it's completely decentralized. Right. Like you go buy eggs, I go buy eggs, and all of a sudden the entire work world and the market of eggs, the price is kind of determined. Right. Through those actions. Right. 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 So now we come to today, and we have the money that we have today. Which is what? Paper dollars. Paper dollars. The the money of the world today is dollars. It's not gold. It's nothing else. It's just dollars. Which is what? Like what 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 is what is a dollar to you? A taco. A taco. <laughs> I can go get the buck taco yeah. down at the one place I know downtown. Or not downtown, over on Orodam. Orodam? Yeah. There's a place you can get dollar tacos. Can you get a dollar taco? Yeah. I don't I don't know a place that I can get a dollar taco. Yeah. I do know. Yeah. Yes. The, the money that we have now is a liability. Does that make sense? Not yet. Uh, the money that we use now, dollars, there is, uh, it's, it's debt. Okay. It's, it's all debt, right? It was, cre it was issued to buy something, usually in a loan, and then it needs to be paid back. Now we use we use dollars as as like a medium of exchange, right? Right, right? But all dollars are debt. There is not a dollar that exists that is not debt. It's all debt because it's, it's, all, debt. it's all created and then issued for a return of service, and then that dollar then needs to be paid back at some point. That's all to it the is. government. To the government, right? What's a what's what's something that you know about our debt right now? It's huge. It's huge. Is it is trillion it, something? Is it growing? Yes. It's always growing. I think right. Yeah. Yeah. It's always growing. Okay. We're always breaking records of our debt. Right. So Does it if, ever go down? I think it goes down on occasion, right? Like yeah. on uh, after COVID, 
we had uh what was it the it was like a stimulus package or whatever it was one of trump's trump's best thing right mm -hmm. this big stimulus package issued six three trillion dollars in debt in order to pay all the companies to stay uh, in business and all the people to stay at home to flatten the curve if you remember right. two weeks to flatten. Yep. and that led to then crazy high inflation which we're still experiencing right now right. and so they've uh the government has tried to mediate this problem by hiking up interest rates and that forces people to not take out money. Take right, out we're debt. not buying so we're much. We're not yeah. buying so much debt. I'm not going to go get a loan for nothing. We're right actually now. paying back our debts. <coughs> we're having to pay right. off our debts, which is what causes everyone so much grief because they're actually having to pay their debts. Right. But student loans. Student I'm loans. I'm paying back my loan. student loan. <laughs> but uh, if if all dollars are debt and our debt is constantly increasing, what does that say about the dollars that we are using? They less and less valuable less and, because there's so a, a dollar is a dollar it's 70 cents right and then next year it's 68 cents and then in the next year it's like that's what you mean right yeah yeah, yeah. It, because it has a low stock to flow ratio okay because we have a stock of dollars that we're all using but it just flows but it just flows printer money printer is on yeah all the time and it's not really an actual money printer it's just a spreadsheet yeah look at numbers <laughs> <laughs> uh so what, what does that then do? Oh, oh here's an interesting fact. Uh, do you know how much value the dollar has lost since 1913? No. Percentage-wise. No. Not Why even would close? I know that? About 96% of the dollar value has been lost okay. since then. Great. So if I were to have saved... Since 36? 1913. 13, so yeah. before the Depression. Before the Depression. Depression was 29? Mm, 20. October 29? I, 1929? I don't know. I think it was. Probably. I know history more than I know math, uh, whatever it is we're yeah, talking this, about here. this thing. Uh, math and numbers. <laughs> economics. And economics. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so if you were to have saved like $5,000, which back in 1913 was a lot of money. Right. You right? buy a house. Yeah. Nowadays, it won't even buy a used car. Yeah. I, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I bought my truck for $500. You buy your truck bucks. for $500, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's still somehow running. Yeah. Dude, it runs great. I know, it's Joel's got to give it back. He still has it. Oh, does he? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so um, I see um, one thing occur with our money that we use today is it has been steadily going up all the time up until about 1970. And that was when the... Another big recession. Uh, no. No. No, there was a huge inflationary episode. Inflationary in episode. Yeah. Okay. There is a... Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Vietnam War. Uh, yes. Uh, I am not. You and know I, history better than I, I do. And I knew there was inflation in the 70s. So yeah. Vietnam War happened. Yeah. We were spending a bunch of money in America on the war. Yeah. And uh, we did have at one point before 1971, we had uh, what we what's called the gold standard, right? Right. I could take my dollar and go to any bank and get gold for it. That's a wild concept. Yep. Which is not wild, but it is for us nowadays because we're so removed from right. that history. Right. And in 1930, uh, the president signed an executive order saying, we're no longer doing that for American citizens. That's it. You guys use dollars. You guys don't have dollars, but we get all your gold. And they actually compensated gold from people. Just said, give me your gold. Here's your dollars. And that was it. And so that set up the gold standard. Vietnam War happened. And uh, that gold standard, which was gone after the 1930s for American citizens, still existed for all the countries out in the world, right? We were doing the Vietnam War, and we were spending a bunch of money, a lot of money that we didn't have. We just created it. And all the countries in the world were like, where are they getting all this money? I I think that they have like more money than gold in their reserves. Like, They have $10, $10 million in their reserves. Countries started thinking that. They're like, this is kind of weird. 
And one of the countries wanted to withdraw uh, a bunch of money, like deposit Which a bunch was, of dollars. What country? I think it was France. France. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. It's French. <laughs> <laughs> Screwing everything up. And, uh, and I think America issued a, uh, issued the payment once. I, I don't, my history is fuzzy on it, right? Uh, but it was shortly after that, a bunch of other countries were like, oh, I see. There's a run on the bank, the Bank of the United States. Like, people are going to get their gold out. And America lift, like just said, nope, we're not, we're not refunding any. We'll come fight you if you want that. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yep. Exactly what it was. Yep. Uh, and so then that's when the entire world went off the gold standard. Yeah. And then went on to a dollar standard. And then, then there's like the dollar oil standard and all that other stuff. But um, it was at that point that there was now no obligation to not turn on the money printer. Right. Because there's no Because up one to hold- that point, there was, you, you could be. I need gold. Y- yeah. You could get requested, hey, I yeah. need this. And yeah. You had to back it up. And you had to back it up. Yeah. But now we don't have to. Yeah. So we just print money. Bounce your checks. Yeah. Yep. And, well, we don't have to bounce it because we just, we d- just add a zero. <laughs> and then we can afford it. And that's what happens. That's why we're like $33 trillion now, which we're all like okay with. It's weird. Like I ask people about the. No, the, I'm not okay with it, but I just don't think about it. Cause, right. We don't think about cause it. Because the reality is, dude, I just live my life over here, man. And I just want to eat and hang out and have gas to get to church. And Have you, you know, uh, have you. Uh, I don't think about that, the national debt and the. Or state debt, our state debt's oh, probably probably huge too. New York is really bad. Yeah, I it I didn't realize it, but uh, New York, um, New York has a lot of debt. Like, it's it's weird that you can have a federal government that has a trillions of dollars of debt, and then you can have a state that has billions of dollars of debt, and like it's just debt on debt, and then all the companies have debt, and then all the people that work at the it's like. If you try to count up how much debt there is, it, it's uh, it's wild. So here's a question, yeah. which probably is a tangent. Is it ever going to collapse? Yes. Tell me about that. Okay. So you don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know what's going to trigger it, right? In no. 2008, no one saw the 2008 financial crisis happening, which right. is a wild, like... Because we should have. You should have. Right. You should have seen. There were a few people probably who were like, Obviously, they shorted it, right? right. The big short. That's right. what the whole movie's about. They saw what oh, was happening. Oh, I don't know. You don't know about the big short? Uh-uh. There's a movie called The Big Short with uh, Steve Carell. Uh, uh, who's the guy that played Batman? Michael Keaton. The other guy that played Batman. There was no other guy. <laughs> Christian Bale. Come on. Who who played the Dark Knight? Christian Bale. Thank you. Uh, and then uh, who's it? Uh, what's Michael the guy? Keaton. Brad Pitt. Oh. Uh, and then a couple other people too. Okay. I think so. All right. Anyways. Um, and essentially they, they saw that there was a huge spike in housing prices right and they're like well how are people able to afford the housing right and it turns out that everybody's just going into debt right and then it turns out that the debt that's being issued is actually highly volatile like being issued to people right. with they, credit they know ratings. they're not going to yeah. be able to pay and they're this like back. oh my gosh like there is 60 percent of the loans that are issued are labeled as like an a prime mortgage loan when in fact it's like a c or c plus and they're all being bundled together and being called like a double a prime loan and they're it's super stable and everyone's happy and then people start start defaulting on the loans and then banks start running out of money and then it just all breaks and cascades down from there and then you have the huge financial crisis that we have okay. right so the, so what's going to happen is sooner or later people aren't going to be are, are just going to stop paying back something right well, and then that's going to domino effect maybe okay because there's two things that could happen okay either people are called to pay their debt or you just issue more money and you keep issuing more debt, which has been the constant theme 
since the creation of the Federal Reserve in 1913. Uh-huh. So there are a lot of banks that you're familiar with, too, too big to fail. You familiar with that? No. There are some banks that have been deemed too big to fail. If they would fail, all of society would collapse. And we're not talking like Wells Fargo or... We're talking Wells Fargo. Oh, we are. Chase, that big. Bank of Chase, America. Bank of America. Yeah. The biggies. Uh, the biggies. Uh, yeah. Some of them aren't too big to fail, so they let them fail. But some of them are too big to fail. What right. they'll do is if they have too much debt and they don't have enough liquid assets to offload in order to fulfill demands from depositors, which I think I said a lot there. But uh, they will uh, take on more debt and agree to pay that debt off in more time. Are you familiar with like 30-year uh, 30, 30 home mortgages, right? Yeah. Right. You know home mortgages used to be like 5, 10 years? <laughs> Isn't that wild? Yeah. Like a 15, I think we 000? have a 15. Okay, you guys, yeah. we have a 30-year, okay. right? They're actually talking about a 40-year loan. 40? 40? 40-year mortgage. That's because of this problem. Because of the issue of the fact that just things... The inflation of things, and if people are going to pay for this loan, we've got to lengthen. We've we got to do something, it, right? And the way we're the solution is is to lengthen yeah. the time, and that's the solution. And that'll bring down monthly payments. Monthly payments, but they'll be able to interest. They'll probably be able to squeeze out more, right? Ten more years yes. of interest. Yes, and yeah. so it's actually more cost effective for it to be a longer loan. Yeah, and it's more easy for the people to be in debt because yeah. they can pay it. Right, right. Win, win, win. What rascals! What rascals! That's the strategy for appeasing all of the debt burdens of our of our banks is, oh, well, then just roll it up, issue more debt so they can make their payments and then pay it off in smaller payments for a longer future. Mm-hmm. That's our, that's our, so there's two options. Okay, so that's where we're at. That's so, where we're at. Okay. So there's two options. One is we call on people to pay their debts and if they don't, then they go bankrupt, sell everything in order to fulfill the demands or you just keep printing money, keep issuing more debt. Those are the options. Mm-hmm. The result. So what's going to happen? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you but don't, I mean, you, know. you, you just you were spitballing. Okay, okay. Yeah. Here's what I think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're ever going to call. We're ever, we're ever going to call on people to pay their debts. Never, huh? Why? Because people, you want people happy. You want people happy. It'll cause a civil war. It it would probably cause a bad war. Yeah. Well, that's the well, that's the thing is like, regardless, it's going to cause a war. Like the situation we're in right now, like we're always in war. We aren't. Right. Fair. We're not in war, but there is always a war. Well, there always has been too, yeah. even before this was an issue. That's very true. Yeah, so, that's why I said civil war. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because people are going to revolt. Like, I can't pay this, and you're taking my farm. No way. Hold on, the laptop battery's dying. Okay. So, what I think is going to happen? I don't think we're ever going to call on if a bank starts failing, we'll just issue more debt. And remember how earlier I said that uh, dollars are debt. Yes. So if we issue more dollars, then that means we're issuing, or if we issue more debt, that means we're issuing more dollars. Right. And if we issue more dollars, that increases the amount of money in circulation, which drives lowers the, the value of yeah. it, right? There are episodes that have occurred. See, I know money. You know it. <laughs> You're an expert in this, Pat. Just say it. I know all the words. There have been a lot of instances in history where you've heard of, have you ever heard of hyperinflation? Yeah. So are the, we having it now? Uh, we are not having it now. Oh, we're not. But uh, I could see a sequence of events that lead it to happen. Here. Okay. But it's really hard for it to happen in America mm-hmm. for the dollar. But there are places like in Argentina and Zimbabwe where you had like $30 trillion bills. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, wh- what happens to society when you have a $30 trillion bill? Right. When like, uh, and there's a story of uh, uh, the Weimar Republic. Uh, so that's Germany. Yeah. Before World War II. 
after World War II? I can't remember. Um, and they started issuing a bunch of money. Yeah, it was after World yeah, War II. Yeah, it was right World after World War II. And they started issuing a bunch of money to pay all the debts to the countries yeah. because of yeah. World War One, right? Yeah. So they started issuing a bunch of money um, just by fiat, by decree, not backed up by anything. And there's this story the guy wrote down in his journal. Uh, he was a professor at a university, and he was talking about getting lunch with one of his co-professors. And they're like, hey, what do you want to do for lunch? He's like, oh, I don't know. I think we should probably head down to the cart, the food cart, and go get some food. Right? And he's like, oh, okay, but I got to do this thing. He's like, you got to hurry, though, because if you wait, if you get too far back in the line, the price of it, like, we won't have enough money to pay for the sandwich. Like, <laughs> the price of the sandwich is going to continue to increase. It's going to go up that fast. While we're in line. Wow. And so, like, your entire, like, mindset goes from, like, being able to save for things to just needing to spend your money. Because if you hold on to it, what is it going to be good for? Just that's like, hyperinflation. That's hyperinflation. Okay. So we have inflation right now. I don't know if you're familiar with how inflation is calculated in no. America. So they like, <laughs> no. they, inflation is the CPI, consumer price index, is our main thing that we use, right? And they pay, take a basket of goods and they look at the price of that basket of goods over time to determine what our inflation rate. But there's a few things that they neglect from it. Uh, red meat. They don't, they don't count meat. Why would you? Why would you? Yeah. They don't count um, energy. And they don't count housing. Oh, perfect. I think those are the three biggest things that people pay for where they're feeling the effects of inflation. Right. And it's not in the basket of goods for us to record what inflation is. Right. Our inflation rate right now is like 6 or 8%, something like that. That and seems it, like a lot. It seems like a lot. And I honestly could probably change all the time. Or I, I, I could be wrong. It's 68% right now. But it, it's been hovering around there since COVID. If you include all the other things, though, it could be upwards of like 15%, right? 18%, 20 like. Who knows what it is, right? Calculating inflation is really difficult, especially if you're neglecting some of the three most biggest goods that people spend money on. So what can cause inflation or hyperinflation, I guess? So inflation is caused by issuing money, the, the, the stock to flow ratio being too low, right? And so what would lead to hyperinflation, it's, a, it's, it's funny because it's a psychological trigger, is people realize that their money doesn't hold value. Right. And so they want to offload their money. Right, right. And by offloading your money, you're pulling it, you're pulling money out of savings and just throwing it into the, into the economy. So like we talked about stock to flow earlier where there's a boat mm -hmm. and all the gold sinks, right? That flow leaves the economy. Savings is a form of that because now that money's in a savings account. It's not being touched. It's not in circulation. So it's actually flow leaving the economy. But when you have millions of people realizing that their money doesn't hold value, all the money that's in their bank account is getting worthless. They want to get it out of there and they want to put something else right. in its place. Right. So all the money from savings gets flooded into the market all at once. And that drives the price of everything bonkers. <laughs> but you not only have that for America, the way we get away with it is our dollar is a reserve currency for around the entire world. So everyone around the world is like, well, if you're in Zimbabwe and you're experiencing hyperinflation, you're like, well, what can I do to save my money? I'm going to exchange it for the dollar. So you got people all around the world because of the volatile um, nature of their own state-issued currencies rely on the dollar. Yeah. And so while we continue to print dollars and we take advantage of the fact that we have a money printer and we then just spread that inflation throughout the world. And so we really don't feel the effects of it as much as we should. Everyone else does. But they're, clever. but they're taking advantage of it because the inflation that they would normally experience yeah, yeah. is much worse. Yeah. But what happens if those people, all those people stop wanting to use dollars too? Is that going to happen? That, 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 that's the big question. So here's kind of... I heard a story. Henry Rollins was Henry talking Rollins. about how he was in Vietnam, I want to say. And he was wanted to travel over the river. And I think on the other side of the river was Laos. Okay. And... 
he went up to this fisherman and he was talking about wanting to go over there. And the fisherman was like, nah, 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 nah. But as soon as he pulled a $5 bill out of his wallet, the fisherman's eyes lit up and he's like, you betcha. <laughs> and it had to do with the American $5 bill. Like no, nothing else would have, whatever the, if it was Vietnam loss, I might've gotten them backwards. But mm-hmm. whatever the dollar, the amount was or the currency was, they didn't want it. Right. But that fi- American $5 bill got him across the river and they made him some food and stuff too. Wow. And yeah. And he was just talking about the the value of the dollar all over the world. And I think that that's still a sentiment that exists throughout the world. People, Everywhere, people yeah. see a dollar yeah. and they're like, oh, like this is good money. Yeah. Right. In reality, it, it's not. But, but they're never going to know that. They're never going to know Never that. in their lifetime no. are they going to go. No. A dollar's a stinker. Right. Right. But. I say that, but the re- but things happen all the time. They do. Yeah. There's this thing happening right now. What is that? Are you familiar with uh, the BRICS nations? Yeah, Brazil, China, India, Russia, right? Yeah. Those yep. ones, yeah. Yeah, and then there's a couple more too. And okay. the more, more and more nations are joining the BRICS, sure. BRICS nations sure. groups, right? Which is separate from the G7. I don't know what the G7 group is, but America's in it and a bunch of other... Australia, West, Western, Britain, yeah. 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 Um, France. So the BRICS nations, uh, they saw what happened to Russia during this Ukraine, Ukraine event, right? You're familiar with the, mm-hmm. the funds that were yeah. frozen by America right. and Russia. Yeah. The BRICS nations are like, oh, so if we have dollars, America can just freeze them, which means that we can't use them because they don't agree with us on something? Like, that just seems wild. So they're like, well, let's come up with a it way. It's wild and we're wild. <laughs> so they're like, well, let's come up with a way to not use dollars for exchanging goods. Yeah. And so they're all kind of coming around this way to like use the yuan which is the chinese currency mm-hmm. they want to use the yuan or the rupal or whatever it would be they're not using the rupal they're not going to use the rupal india um to do to exchange in commerce or even just like actual commodity goods like oil or something like that and not the dollar because they're afraid of what of what control america has over the dollars that it issues and you can imagine russia china brazil all these countries and if more and more join them decide to offload their dollars for the yuan china could hold them or any other country could hold them but if a bunch of countries start offloading their dollars for a different currency that sends a signal to all the other countries that oh maybe we should offload some dollars too and all those dollars end up coming home and so while we're all saving or doing our going our daily life there's this event that could happen over in other parts of the world and it can happen within a matter of like six, eight months, maybe even a month and all the dollars come flushing home and then all of a sudden prices start skyrocketing. We're like, what the heck is happening? And then we start offloading our savings into it and then you have a hyperinflation episode. So that's how I think it will play out. Hmm. It might even get worse though because the government seeing all these issues will just throw interest rates down to zero so everyone can get as much money as they need to in order to afford things, which will then exacerbate the problem even more. By exacerbate the problem, you mean kick the can down the road? Like sooner or later, everything's going to have to get paid back. Right. No matter what. Sooner or later. Well, that's not their modern. That's not modern monetary theory. It does not have to be paid back. <laughs> that that's the theory. It doesn't have to be paid back. Yeah, it's crazy. It's wild. I got to pay my student loans back, but yeah, no, yeah, you yeah. have to pay your loan back, but right. the government doesn't have to pay its loan back. Right. Right. It can just continue to siphon value out of you by issuing so so what's the threat then the threat is it's not military it's not an actual war or we would go to war with those countries because we're like no you're not doing that and we just start i mean we can't battle all of them no 
I, I, so going to war with them isn't going to fix it, right? We can't no. force them to use a money that they want to use, that they don't want to use. Well, sure, you can. I, if I you're guess, powerful enough, you I guess can if force you, yeah, them. Yeah, if you do, uh, what is it, Com- commandeer, Com- uh, invade them, what is it called? Yeah, invade them. Yeah, yeah, we invade them, take control over their yeah. nation, yeah, and force the people. To, yes, then we could do that, but we don't have the ability to do that. We no, can't do that to all no, the nations, right? No, no, no. It's, no. And, we're not, we're right. not going to do that with any, any not a, one of those nations that right. we talked about. The purpose, and so this is a kind of tinfoil hat, the purpose of war, in my mind, is to distract everyone from the issue of our money. It's, it's a reason. It's a reason. Yeah, yeah. it's not but the reason. It's not the reason, yeah. but it is a reason, because if people start realizing what's going on with their money, then all bets are off. If if this happened, and this is this is a wild thing, if everyone in America right now went to their bank and withdrew a thousand dollars, everyone that had a thousand dollars and went to withdraw it, our entire banking system would collapse. Because there's no money in the banks, there's nothing there. Like if I have a thousand dollars at Tri Counties or whatever, like there is a little bit of money there, right? Right. But they don't have a thousand dollars for all of the people that have a bank account there. Right. Yeah. Right. Because so, they probably have twenty thousand people banking there. Right. And, and they don't have two hundred thousand dollars in their right. in their vault, right? Or two million, or however much that would be, right? Two thousand, two hundred thousand, whatever. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. So, this issue of money is is really interesting, and that's why I've been thinking a lot about it and reading a lot about it because we're living in this world where. Uh, so let me ask you a question. Okay. Then. So I know a lot of people that are freaked out, freaked out about what's going on in the world, what's going on in America. And they're sure World War III is coming. They're sure, you know, Jesus come back any minute. The Antichrist is just about to rise. He's probably from the BRICS nations. <laughs> I mean, it's it's happening right before us. Just sheer wide-eyed panic with some of the some yeah. people about the things you're talking about. You're not wide-eyed panicking about this, right? Why aren't you? And why should they not be? Um, so this isn't the first time it's happened. Like this has happened all over the world, right. all the time for, throughout, throughout history, history, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so some people see like what happens, what's happening with the prices of things, what's happening with like, oh, the end is near. It's like, dude, this has happened over and over and over in history. So, uh, but it hasn't happened to them. So they're like, oh, right, this is the first time, right? right. Okay. Um, and people, people lived through it. I mean, a lot of people died through it, right? So that's the reason to be fearful of it. Sure. But people lived through it. It sucks, but people live through it. I personally am not that worried about it, but that's because. I discovered Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another podcast. Another podcast. Yeah. Another time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. I, I mean, wh- what is worrying about it do? What are you going to do about it? Like, what is anybody going to do about this issue? Me? No. I'm I, absolutely... I, right. This This changes nothing for me right. in my mind. Most of this I kind of already knew, but n- not all the threads were nicely bowed up sure. for me. But... It, yeah, it's it, for me, it's like, man, God's on the throne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's eventually going to collapse. Revelation 18 goes into Revelation 19. Revelation 18 is all about the economic world system mm-hmm. and all the goods that they sell, all the monies, all the, I mean, it's it's all there. And Christ returns and it's all done. And they lament. The, the entire world is lamenting that, all of their economy is rubble now mm. and it's because Christ returns and I'm rooting for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm rooting for. So I'm not worried at all because I, I know that Christ wins in the end and 
you know, you might say somebody will probably say, yeah, but you still got to have a house to live in. Right. Yeah, I do. And I do right now and I can pay my bills. And if something like this happens, do I trust the Lord that he will provide or do I not? Do I have to flex and figure out my own little way to, to do things, you know, because really that's kind of the way people panic is like, we got to take back our nation. We got to get our, you know, make sure that we're in control of everything. And it's like, "Mm." yeah, because I, I, this kind of pulls on the thread of just, I kind of how people respond to every sort of what if scenario, right? Like some people, they go off and buy a hundred acres and try to homestead as if that's going to stop anything from happening. Like, right. It's just like, you're almost swinging one way. But in another sense, it's like, well, you can't just go through life going like, ah, la, 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 like everything's fine. The you reality is, sort of yeah, if, if just like the government prints their money and say, we don't have to have debt, if the government wants your land and wants your stuff, they're we'll just going to come and take it. Yeah. And there's nothing you're going to do about it. I right. mean, you could set up a little compound, but the reality is, is a tank's going to come and you're going to be toast. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it, yeah, there, there's no security, right? Right. Yeah, security is an illusion. An illusion. It's a myth. Yeah, it really is. Yep. Um, But everyone feels so secure with the financial system that we have in place. And really, we're just like a few decisions away from worldwide economic ruin is what I'm hearing you say. Now, that's worst case scenario. It is worst case scenario. It's probably not going to go like that. It might be 10 years, 50 years, 100 years down there. Like how? And, And even with that, that probably even some of those other nations, Brazil, India, don't want to utterly destabilize America. They, they, they want a less powerful America, mm-hmm. I would think, right. but they don't want to utterly destabilize right. us to the point where it causes World War we, III. We buy all their stuff. Right, right, right. So they don't want that. Even China right. doesn't want that, yeah. you know? So they are going to find some kind of way where they're not as dependent on the dollar. Um, and they can become more independent and maybe down the road wean themselves off of the dollar, but they don't want to de- I, I wouldn't think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do want a war. Maybe they want us to just, you know, start pushing buttons and send yeah, off I bombs mean, and somebody's stuff. Somebody's got to make the decision to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody ends up doing it. So somebody's got to want it. Right. And, and I think the thing that keeps it at bay, right, is that we probably still are militarily the most powerful nation. And that's got to be what keeps some of this from happening yeah. as quick as perhaps it could. There's a buddy of mine, and uh, he always points out that the reason the dollar is so powerful is because it has the full weight of the U.S. military behind it. Right. That's what it is. Right. Yeah, it's nothing else. Right. So as long as we have a good military. So I saw a thing yesterday of uh, an ex-Navy uh, commander, and he was talking about how crazy it was that that destroyer shot down that cruise missile from Yemen that was flying into Israel. Do you I don't know that? about that. So Yemen shot a cruise missile at Israel, and it takes about two hours for it to fly from Yemen to Israel. Wow. Normally, destroyers, naval um, ship, you know, just they're not at battle-ready alert all the time. Mm-hmm. You can't function like that, right? It's just, it's just too much. So normally they're, you know, amped up a level or two, but what it would take is they have to identify what it is. They have to relay back to command what it is. Command has to determine what they're going to do. And if it is an actual threat, 
then they have to double check and verify everything that has already been initially you know, put into motion. And he says, just the amount of time it takes to actually make a decision like that, he said, it would have been like seconds away from detonating if in any normal situation. Oh, wow. But they launched it, and in like minutes, boom, it was shot down. That means the entire Navy is right now battle ready. And they're all on full complete alert ready to go right now and he's like there's nowhere oh, in there's nowhere in the saying. world that the navy isn't ready to go right now and he said and if the navy's like that the air force the marines everybody's Everyone's ready to go primed and so he said there probably isn't going to be some major big breakout or some bomb that gets dropped because everyone now knows like we're we're ready to go wow. so i mean that's why i think like i don't think nations really want there's this t-shirt I want to get and uh-huh. it's only because it's $15 and I don't I feel dumb spending $15 on a shirt I don't need I don't know I'm the money Just, yeah I'm the wee guy go ahead and do it yeah, yeah. I'm the dreamer I'm not uh, but there's a shirt buy that thing I don't even says, know what's on it buy it me says, one too it's a picture of a nuclear bomb like a cartoon whenever uh-huh. it says legalized recreational nukes mm. <laughs> Pull that trigger, dude. I know. <laughs> That's great. It's a great shirt. <laughs> Everyone should have a recreational nuke. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Funny Chico fact. Do you know Chico actually has a law in books that it is illegal and there's a fine involved Ooh. if you detonate a nuclear device within city limits? What? It's a legit law on the books in Chico, California. Just in case. Just in, yeah. yeah. Hey, because if if one does go off, good thing you have the law. Because the law is gonna <laughs> it's gonna bring them to justice. <laughs> <laughs> After the town's not here anymore. Yeah, or part of the town. Yeah. Oh, geez, <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got on money. That's a lot. Yeah. That's so much. It's fifty minutes. I don't even know what to like. Like I'm like eh. Yeah. <laughs> That's how most people are to it. I'm even less worried now, f- frankly. Now knowing that, that know, there's something to be worried about. Now like, I know eh. all the information. I'm just kind of like, okay, it's still about lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is why maybe everything won't go to pot because right. everyone just wants to keep trucking along. Yeah, they yeah. want to keep doing their thing. Yeah. Anyways, whether you are uh, financially savvy or not, we believe that you belong.